Wednesday. Welcome back to Tay Learning. My name is Danny, And I'm Olivia, and we are your co-hosts. This week, we're continuing the Harry Styles timeline, kinda, but it's more of the supplemental facts, because this week we talk about the emotion, we talk about the songs, and the songs not just from Taylor, but from Harry too, because he also happens to be a talented and personal songwriter. Yeah, and we gave you a lot of the facts that we could back up, fact check, if you will, in the timeline from last week. And this part of the story kind of fills in any gaps that we might have as like supplementary knowledge and emotion to the story of Taylor and Harry. And it had to be its own episode because as we were doing our research, we realized, wow, they may have wrote about each other a lot. So we kind of figured the best way to do this would be to start with one artist and then move to the other artist, because we don't have exact timestamps for when songs were necessarily written. We know when they were released, but that doesn't mean that we know exactly when they were written or recorded. So we're going to start with a general timeline of Taylor's. But before we do that, we are going to hear from our sponsors real quick. So I'll meet you right back here. Also, before we jump into talking about the songs, if you have not, be sure to rate us on whatever platform you listen to. It really helps get the Tay Learning Word out there and make this community stronger. And if you leave a review on Apple Podcast and you write out what you're reviewing about specifically, it might just end up on our website, taylearningpodcast.com. So be sure to give us a review wherever you listen. I will not make you do five stars because I can't, but it would be very cool if you liked us enough to give us five stars. Yeah, but we're not not going to tell you to do five stars, you know, you know, (laughs) what we're saying here. Anyway. (laughs) So we know that the timeline between Taylor and Harry began in March of 2012, which means at this point, Taylor's most recent album up to that point, Speak Now, was already out in the world. Nothing on Speak Now. And for Harry's perspective, when we jump into him, One Direction's first album, Up All Night, had already been released. So again, nothing about her. So the earliest timestamp that we could have from Taylor is the Red Album, which came out in October of 2012. And the Red Album, you know, we know came out in, like Danny said, 2012. And that is when Taylor and Harry first started dating. So we know that they briefly started seeing each other in April of 2012. And then Red came out October 2012. That is plenty of time to write a song that could have ended up on the final cut. But I am hesitant with Red, given the fact that she has said before that the majority of Red is about one person. But there are a few songs that people have speculated. And again, as we're going through these songs, you might be sitting there knowing even more than we do. You might want to get us tailored. That's fine. And thinking that song is not about Harry Styles or from Harry's perspective, not about Taylor. It's about this. Please give us your perspectives. We'll give you all of our contact info at the end. But if a song was mentioned on an online forum with any sort of backing of why it could be about the other person, it's in this list. Not frivolous stuff. It's not like we're going to throw all too well 10 minute in here and be like, it's actually about Harry. Like, that's not going to happen. <laughs> it's more of if there was decent enough backing that it could be listed, it is listed. And with that mm-hmm. being said, we have four songs from Red that it have decent backing as to why they could be about or inspired by Harry Styles. And in no particular order, the first of which, which I think is in our maybe category, Message in a Bottle. You know, I could see this one, but I'm not 100% convinced I feel like the big line here that makes people think it's about Harry Styles is how is it in London? And Harry's from the UK from, isn't he from London area too, Danny? Everyone's from London area in England because (laughs) it's not very big, but not, not entirely. He's from Holmes Chapel. Gotcha. Okay. Well, people think Harry Styles because he's from the UK, but my brain goes to if this, if the Red Album is mostly about one person, she spent time with Jake Gyllenhaal in London. Jake flew her to London to see him. Here's my hitch, though. In the first stanza, she has the lyrics, and I became hypnotized by freckles and bright eyes tongue-tied. Neither Jake Gyllenhaal nor Harry Styles have freckles. Jake Gyllenhaal has large pores, but that's about it. And bright eyes, I mean, maybe Harry's got the green eyes. I don't know. She also could be fantasizing a little bit. We know Mm -hmm. that she had a tendency to fantasize over the smallest moments at the time, think Enchanted. 
But mm. if, if I had to pin it on one of the two of them, I would probably pin it more towards Harry. I also, what we know is that she was actively writing. We don't know this. Okay. There is speculation based on something she said on stage during the Red Era that she was writing message in a bottle actively with Martin and Shellback when she was interrupted by presumably Adam Levine, friends of Jake Gyllenhaal. Mm. And Adam said, uh, heard you guys are getting back together. And she's like, no, we are never, ever getting back together. And Martin and Shellback said, that's a song. Boom. That's how we get We Are Never, Ever Getting Back Together. But the song she hinted at writing at the time was supposedly Message in a Bottle based on the themes it was about. So mm. why would she be writing Message in a Bottle about Jake Gyllenhaal if she had already made up her mind that they were never, ever getting back together? And my only like thought or excuse for that is if she had a few lines in like her diary or something and she was fleshing it out professionally. but. I know, because the whole song is about the beginning stages and not knowing if you're on solid ground with the person yet because you're so new. We've categorized our songs in here in three different categories, green, blue, and red. And green means that we're so sure that it's about Harry Styles. Like mm-hmm. we'd stake, we would make a monetary bet that it's about Harry Styles. Again, they don't have to be about him. She can write about whatever she wants. But if we had to bet money, we would. And then the blue mm-hmm. category is acting as kind of our yellow because we can't read yellow on this paper but our blue category is maybe it could be i don't know and red is people have speculated it but me and olivia do not personally believe that it is about the other person yeah keep in mind going forward with this episode this is heavily heavily opinion based and so you're getting our opinions on the matter so if you have other opinions we are happy to hear them because that is what this community is all about is tay learning and we're not the only ones tay teaching if you will we're down to get tay learned because we don't know everything oh yeah our opinion is not fact so message in a bottle our maybe category the next song is come back be here i love this song I think that the big stanza that makes people think that this song is about Harry Styles is the lyrics. This is falling in love in the cruelest way. This is falling for you and your worlds away. In New York, be here. But you're in London. And I break down because it's not fair that you're not around. And we know from the timeline that we went over last week that especially in early stages of their relationship, it's not like they were side by side a bunch. Meanwhile, with Jake Gyllenhaal way back in 2010, yeah, back in 2010 when she was Jake Gyllenhaal, they spent a lot of time back to back. They did the Fish Kill Farms date and they did him flying her on a private jet. So they spent a lot of time together and she and Harry didn't necessarily have that luxury. So I think it's plausible, but... Swiftopedia, which I don't know where they get all their information from, but Swiftopedia believes that it was recorded sometime between 2011 to 2012. And if the 2011 timestamp is correct, she had not met Harry yet, which is the only reason I would place it in our blue maybes. I always lean toward this feeling like it's about Jake Gyllenhaal because like, I don't know, maybe I'm just biased because it's on the Red Album and I have a hard time believing that the songs on Red are about Harry Styles considering they talked for two weeks and then stopped talking for such a long period of time but like we said before we know taylor can take the smallest moments and turn them into the biggest moment in a song so it's not outlandish but i don't hop on the train 100 that it's about one person or the other so it's a blue maybe which brings us to our next song on red the very first night I don't believe this is about Harry Styles personally, but I know you do, Danny. That's why it's <laughs> a blue. It could be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> why don't you think it is? I think this is about Jake Gyllenhaal. It just uh, screams Jake Gyllenhaal to me. Like, I miss you like it was the very first night. Carries so much more weight for, like, a more fleshed out relationship than a two-week thing. Like, she misses him so much. Every weekend, the same party. I never go alone and I don't seem brokenhearted. Kind of like calls back to the line of crying in the bathroom some actress asking me what happened to you she's had enough time to like try to make the other person see that she's okay and I just feel like two weeks is it's just I don't know I I'm skeptical she does have the line of danced in the kitchen and we know dancing in the kitchen the refrigerator light from all too well is obviously Jake Gyllenhaal 
So I feel like this is just in the maybe category because of how lighthearted it is, maybe. Like, didn't read the note on the Polaroid picture. Polaroids are 1989's aesthetic. So it has me thinking about Harry Styles and the take me away, take me away to you, to you. We'll see as we go along with these that there's this big motif of being taken away by Harry from his perspective and from her perspective. And I don't know. We didn't mean to fall in love, but we did like children running. Was she in love with Harry at this point? I don't know. She fell pretty hard, pretty fast. I, I think this is solidly a maybe, and I feel okay with it being a maybe. They weren't riding in the car when we both fell, like the riding in the car with the windows down theme in all too well, and then dancing around the refrigerator light. Don't forget about the night out in L.A., they had a very public hangout in LA, her and Jake Gyllenhaal. We've said before, not on hot mics, that she can pull inspiration from more than one facet of her life. So any of these could Absolutely. be about somebody else. It could be about both of them. Again, we don't really know, but I feel like it's still a solidly blue maybe here Mm -hmm. this does bring us into our last song on red and our first red category which means we do not think it is about harry styles but it's mentioned so often and it's i knew you were trouble and it can't guys it, it can't be i know why you think that it is because taylor had that quote that we mentioned in last week's episode where she said it was easy to perform i knew you were trouble because the person it was directed at was sitting at the side of the stage directed at and written about do not equal one another necessarily why would she write a song about knowing somebody was trouble and then continue to date them a bunch however there is a harry song a harry song later that hints that he took this song personally but i don't think so guys i agree i i also don't think the song is about harry styles it's giving me john mayer vibes personally and it makes sense if harry took it personally given that she directed it at him (laughs) even if she didn't write it about him and i think more evidence that this is unlikely to be about him except for the part that they only dated for two weeks and then she proceeded to have a full like three-month relationship with him following the release of red is that throughout the entire 1989 era the reason why she ended up having this massive feud with katie perry is because she defended bad blood not being about a boy because she didn't want harry or his family to think that she was saying bad things about him and this is a pretty like negative song i don't think she would be able to walk back from it i think i knew your trouble was unfortunately the perfect storm against harry because at the time he was getting this womanizer edit which still baffles me to this day because in my opinion he was taken advantage of by women much older than him that being said he still did it he still was known for being a playboy for some reason because every boy band's got to have one and he was the obvious front runner of the band i knew you were trouble was her single and they were mm-hmm. in a very publicized relationship like that's another thing that makes me think it's not pr is this was not good pr for harry styles this song being out it did not put him in a good light no. so i uh, it's just was i don't think she chose that song because she knew it would hit because she knew she was dating harry styles i don't think she's maniacal i just think it was a perfectly shit storm for harry to have a bad edit and taylor to look like a bitchy complainer of a guy she's still dating and he was long gone when he met me i don't know it's just it feels so much darker than what the timeline makes her relationship with harry styles seem like also it's believed to have been recorded 2011 to 2012 just like come back be here and if it even started getting recorded in 2011 that's before they met sorry guys i see where you're coming from She changes who she directs her song at based on what's applicable to her life in the moment, as she should, as we do when we cover songs, even when we're singing in karaoke, we get emotional about it. Exactly. We're moving into 1989 now, and we have said before that we believe that most of 1989 is about Harry Styles. We're going to kind of rapid fire through these as best we can because we talked about a lot of them. So hopefully you're up to date and you know a lot of the backstory. So the first one, and some people argue the most obvious one, we have the song Style. This one, I feel like, is wildly obvious for several reasons. I mean, James Dean, daydream look in your eye, long hair, slick back, white t-shirt. Who else would this be about? The interesting thing about this song is that it was written on February 19th, 2013, which is after she wrote some of these other songs. So her writing a song about them coming in and out of each other's lives is crazy to still be writing in February 2013 even though we believe that they were still like hooking up low-key for the next couple of years that wasn't really public information go listen to our timeline episode for that but style I feel very confidently is our first green 
in style in the bridge, she sings Take Me Home, which is a One Direction album. Yeah, I don't know how we missed that. Just take me home. Take me home. God damn, how did I even miss that when I was younger? Because I misheard her because I thought she was saying just take me on. I heard take me out. (laughs) Just take me out. Just take me on. (laughs) Like a project. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, uh, Green, Out of the Woods. Out of the Woods has its own episode. So if you haven't listened to it yet, highly, highly recommend. I think this song is about the unstudied nature that Taylor felt of the relationship as she was dating him in the end of 2012. And she even references that snowmobile accident in the bridge. I think this is the most Harry Styles song of all Harry Styles songs. I've said it before. I'll say it again. I'll say it forever. It's just two paper airplanes flying. Yeah, this is relationship anxiety. This is Haler. It is believed that it was written sometime before October of 2013. And the only reason we know this is because she wrote it with Jack Antonoff, or he had sent her the track, rather, and she wrote lyrics over it. And she recorded Sweeter Than Fiction in, like, April of 2013. So it was at some point in that six-month span, probably. I'm putting it in a green category. We are, we'd bet money that this is about Harry Styles. Yes, we agree on this one. The next one, in the first Harry Styles episode, I wavered a little bit, but I feel a lot more confident now that it is about Harry Styles, and that's Wonderland. And I feel this way because we totally blew past the lyric of Cheshire Cat Smile. He's from Cheshire. And Green Eyes, I know that there are people that believe that this is about a woman, particularly Diana Akron. We will talk about Diana Akron at some point. I promise you. Y'all have been asking. We will talk about it. We just got to get to the point of her talking about her friendships and strong relationships beyond muses, right? So moving into Wonderland, green eyes, flashing them at her. Then it kind of has I know places-y vibes. It just, I could see it being about somebody else, but at this point, knowing what I know and knowing how long their relationship lasted, especially behind closed doors, I would bank that Wonderland, despite us knowing no information about when it was written, I believe it's about Harry Styles. Yeah, and especially in context of some of the 1989 vault tracks in Is It Over Now, which I believe is about Harry Styles. We'll touch on it as we move forward with this episode. But flashing lights and we took a wrong turn. You think I didn't see they were flashing lights? Or later on in Wonderland, she says, you search the world for something else to make you feel like what we had. And the whole... You search in every maiden's bed for something greater. You search in every model's bed for something greater. At least I had the decency to keep my nights out of sight. It just sounds like the same story to me. I agree. I hadn't actually made that tie before between those two songs, but I think the vault tracks give us a lot of perspective and fill a lot of these holes with these songs. Yep. So Danny and I agree. This one's a green, definitely about Harry Styles in our brain. And we were on the fence about it being about Harry Styles until recently. So this one is a recent one that we we feel pretty confident in. So our next song is another green in my head, which is I Wish You Would, written sometime before October of 2013. And when Taylor did her secret sessions and performed this song for her 1989 secret sessions, she talked about it. And this is a quote from a Tumblr post after a secret session. Taylor said that she wrote I Wish You Would a couple of months after her and Harry, style of One Direction, broke up, and they decided to become friends again. And she said this was the first time she had become friends with an ex to the point where they were comfortable enough to talk about why their relationship didn't work out. She said that he told her about how after they broke up, he bought a house literally one road adjacent to hers. Every day he would drive home and accidentally turn into her street, and he told her how he just wanted to stop at her house and see her, but he never did. She said the song is about while he was in the car making the decision to get out of the car and see her, she was sitting in her bed bedroom, wishing he would make the move and go back to her and pitch up at her house. She compared it to a classic John Hughes movie where both parties want the same thing, but neither has the guts to say anything. Honestly, she spoke so fondly of that relationship. She really does miss it. This isn't from The Secret Session, but it is notable that the song was listed on Swiftopedia as recorded in 2013, but he did not buy the $4 million home near hers until 2014 again swiftopedia could be wrong i'm betting that they're wrong if she spilled all this tea in the secret session but i still make it a green and you know in my brain it's likely that she didn't call out harry by name but that was her most recent ex time Mm -hmm. (laughs) at least that we publicly knew of but yeah i buy that this is also about harry styles i mean the whole 1989 secret messages throughout the lyric booklet tells like the story of one person and the secret message for this was something like he drove past her house every night 
I think that even if the majority of the song was written before he bought the house, I don't think that it's outlandish that she made edits until the album came out officially. So the next song that we have is Clean, which was written on February 9th, 2013. This is firmly in a green category for me. Us Weekly had an article talking about it, and Us Weekly said that she said... Clean, I wrote as I was walking out of Liberty in London. Someone I used to date, it hit me that I'd been in the same city as him for two weeks and I hadn't thought about it. When it did hit me, I was like, oh, hope he's doing well and nothing else. It's worth noting Harry Styles is British and used to meet up with Taylor in London, where she came would come up with Clean later. Quote, a heartbroken person is unlike any other person. Their time moves at a completely different pace than ours. It's this mental, physical, emotional ache and feeling so conflicted. Nothing distracts you from it. Then time passes, and the more you live your life and create new habits, you get used to not having a text message every morning saying, hello, beautiful, good morning. You get used to not calling someone at night to tell them how your day was. You replace these old habits with new habits, like texting your friends in a group chat all day and planning fun dinner parties and going out on adventures with your girlfriends. And then all of a sudden, one day you're in London and you realize you've been in the same place as your ex for two weeks and you're fine and you hope he's fine. Yeah, I think this song is absolutely about Harry Styles as well. I know there's like some debate with this song that it's about her sexual assault case. And I know why people think that. And it's because in the Miss Americana documentary, she plays a clip of her performing clean on the Reputation Tour and her intro leading into her playing this beautiful rendition of Clean on Piano, she's talking about her sexual assault case and applies the song to that. I don't think that's why this song was written. I think this song was very, very clearly written about a romantic relationship, um, especially given Taylor's spoken words about what inspired the song. But I think the song can be applied to multiple things, which is the beauty of Taylor Swift songs. But this is about a romantic relationship. Not only it can be about her sexual assault trial, you guys. Her her trial happened in 2017. And there wasn't mm-hmm. drama surrounding him getting fired until after this album had come out. So Y'all can say what you want to say. That is actually that's a topic that actually heats me up is when people say that it's about sexual mm-hmm. assault. You're giving way too much credit to the guy that grabbed her ass. She mm-hmm. a Weinstein dress I can't wear anymore. What are you guys talking about? What are you guys talking yeah. about? This is not you specifically, Tay listeners. I know y'all are probably with us, but people did come for me on TikTok being like, that's actually about her sexual assault. No, it's not. Have you tried it's- watching Miss Americana, Danny? I cannot believe somebody commented that. That's crazy. That's crazy. So anyway, it's about Harry Styles. Crazy that she wrote style after she wrote Khalid. She was not over him, but whatever. It's a great. We talk about it last Yes. (laughs) And I think the nail in the coffin for me is like the absolute confirmation is the secret message is she lost him, but she found herself. And somehow that was everything. And that was... The closing message, there's a clip of this quote at the very end of the Out of the Woods music video. Mm, This is so about Harry Styles. Next is This Love, which was written on October 12th, 2012, before Red even came out. And it was written as a poem. And guys, this is a green. This is about Harry Styles. This love is good. This love is bad. They were together in early first, second quarter of 2012, broke up, got back together privately kind of flirting it's it's about harry styles i got nothing else and it was written right when they got back together in 2012 after their brief two-week affair in april of 2012 she wrote it in october of 2012 and this is after she was publicly seen out and about with harry and it's about how she had to let someone go for them to come back i i don't buy this about anybody else either The next one we feel confidently is about Harry Styles is I Know Places. She has said of this song, I had this idea of like when you're in love along the lines of Out of the Woods. It's very precious. It's fragile. As soon as the world gets a hold of it, whether it's your friends or people around town hear about it, it's kind of like the first thing people want to do when they hear that people are in love is just kind of try to ruin it if they're not the greatest human beings. I kind of was in a place where I was like, no one is going to sign up for this. There are just too many cameras pointed at me. There are too many ridiculous elaborations on my life. It's just not ever going to work. 
but I decided to write a love song, just kind of like, what would I say if I met someone really awesome and they were like, hey, I'm worried about all this attention you get. So I wrote this song called I Know Places about like, hey, I know places we can hide and we can outrun them. I should mention I had some dates wrong. I think I said 2013 earlier. So Style Clean and I Know Places were all recorded within like a three-week span or written and recorded within a three, four-week span of early 2014. That's crazy. That she was like, yeah, I'm clean. I'm fine. But she had already written and recorded I Know Places or written at least. And then she did Style. Well, we know that she wasn't over him, but I Know Places to me is very clearly inspired, at least by her relationship with Harry Styles, of wishing that they could hide away from the flashing lights. Lights flash and we'll run and we'll run for the fences. You think I didn't see there were flashing lights. It it just feels to me like it's a motif between her songs about Harry's that all eyes were on them at all times. And I think that is some slight relationship trauma in her situation and she probably felt especially at this time that that was a big reason why they didn't work out is because there was just so much pressure on them just a silly little fun fact when harry and taylor were on that very public central park date she wore a fox sweater and they were getting attacked by paparazzi at that very public date so they are the hunters and we are the foxes So that one's a green, but we're going to move into a couple of blues here. Step away. And one of them is How You Get the Girl. So this is a maybe. It was supposedly written on January 15th, 2013. So this was not even a couple weeks after they split up. And on October 29th, 2014, Taylor told Radio.com that, quote, the song How You Get the Girl is a song that I wrote about how you get the girl back if you ruin the relationship somehow and she won't talk to you anymore. Like if you broke up with her and left her on her own for six months and then you realize you miss her. All the steps you have to do to edge your way back into her life because she's probably pretty mad at you. So it's kind of a tutorial. If you follow the directions in the song, chances are things will work out. Or you may get a restraining order. (laughs) I mean, they were apart for six months between April and October of 2012. And they split up right before this. And she's thinking, this is what, in in my head, I imagine she's thinking, this is what you do to get the girl back to get me back because we've done this we've played this game before however some people supposedly claim that at a secret session she said that the song was written about a friend which people Mm -hmm. speculate to be selena gomez and justin bieber i cannot and i will not subscribe to that theory i think that she was using that if she said this i think she was using it as a guise so that people did not pin this on her and harry even though to me it is clearly about harry or inspired by him I lean about it being about a friend personally. To me, I don't get why she would want to disguise that when she has so many more explicit songs on the album that are such love songs. And if it's about Selena Gomez, I, I can see her writing it in a way of like, I'm relating to her. And she didn't, and we, we know that she disliked Justin Bieber, given her like public interactions with him, especially around 2013. But I don't think the song would be necessarily a benefit to the boy as much as it would be a benefit to the girl. And even if it's true that she wrote it about a friend, we're just guessing it's about Selena Gomez and Justin Bieber because that was her most high profile friendship. She has a lot of people that are her friends. And that's why this song is firmly in a blue, because there are arguments for either direction. Yep. The next blue song wildest dreams and we've got a lot to unpack with wildest dreams i'll try to keep it as brief as possible so tall and handsome as hell Harry Styles is very handsome he's not so tall to taylor swift who sits at like 5'10 so i'm just saying i don't know if i necessarily believe that it's about harry styles especially since the subject matter of the song sounds almost more fantastical than it does real and she had an actual relationship tangibly with harry styles but people believe that it's about alexander skarsgård because they worked on the movie the giver together and he's tall arguably handsome as hell But there's also an argument to be made that it's not about Alexander Skarsgård because they met one time very briefly for press for The Giver. They were not at the same place at the same time for recording The Giver. Now, she met Adam from Owl City one time and wrote Enchanted, but I just, I don't know because I guess that Tree 
Tree Payne, of course, her publicist, confirmed that they did not meet on set. They only met that one time for the press conference. And uh, there was a post saying, quote, the whole cast was with them and Daily Mail had an exclusive on Taylor that night and photos where she was noted for walking around the hotel all night at 2 a.m. with just her headphones on and the photos of all of them together. Alex isn't even attentive to Taylor. He's on his phone. Which leads us to another person that it could be about. I really blew Olivia's la- mind with this one yeah, last night. Yeah, wild. Some people believe that Wildest Dreams is written about Douglas Booth, who Taylor did go on a few secret dates with. I say secret because we're going to unpack this in a minute. And he's like somewhere between 6'1", six, 6'2". Six, so he's, he's tall. And Haley Steinfeld supposedly set Taylor up with him. And there were a lot. Of public quotes about this date that they went on. One quote even saying, quote, Taylor's date with Douglas was all about making Harry jealous, and she made sure that everyone found out about her night out. Taylor usually tries to be low profile, but for her meeting with Douglas, she purposely chose somewhere that she knew would get attention. She went to one of the busiest pubs in London and sat in the public area. She wanted the news to get out about the date because she knows it will make Harry jealous. So much for keeping your nights out of sight, Taylor. Again, I don't know. I don't know who all this dreams is about. We've kind of lost the plot here. But it does seem like there were several people confirming, quote unquote, that Taylor wanted to be public about her relationship with this hottie so that Harry saw it and felt jealous. And who amongst us hasn't done this? Yeah, I think the... With Wildest Dreams specifically, the part that kind of holds me up is just reiterating what you said earlier. Is like, Harry isn't necessarily so tall in comparison to Taylor. And the song supplemented by the music video feels fantastical. It feels all in her head. Because like the music video, the main character is, you know, filming a movie with this heartthrob man and they have to pretend like they're lovers in the for the movie. And it turns out he's dating someone else and it was all in her head, this fantastical relationship. And I think Taylor's music videos kind of stay pretty true, generally speaking, to what the song was inspired by, at least looking at like All Too Well, Out of the Woods. It feels fantastical to me personally, and that wouldn't necessarily be Harry Styles because that wasn't fantastical. And people also were like, oh, because of the film set, because she stays true to her feelings in the music videos, that's why it's Alexander Skarsgård. I'm not saying it can't be. I'm just here to reiterate the information we saw online. And all of this put together places it firmly in a blue. I mean, maybe not about Harry Styles, but it could be. Yeah. The next song is All You Had to Do Was Stay, which was written and also supposedly recorded that same day on January 10th, 2013. And much later, Taylor had stuff to say about All You Had to Do Was Stay because she was interviewed by Brian Adams, who covered 1989 in his own way. We all know about that album. And he starts off the interview by asking Taylor if she's ever dreamed a song or a lyric. And she admits that the high-pitched stay in her song All You Had to Do Was Stay came from a dream. She said, quote, I had a dream that my ex showed up at my door, knocked at my door, and I opened it up, and I was ready to launch into the perfect thing to say. Instead, all that would come out of my mouth was a high-pitched chorus of people singing, stay, and then you go to say something else, and it's just like, stay, stay, stay. And I woke up, and I was like, oh, that was mortifying, (laughs) but that's kind of a cool vocal part. Not the stay, stay, stay reference, Loki. (laughs) I think this song fits into the narrative of their relationship especially like given her vault tracks that I believe are about Harry Styles. I have a hard time not relating so many of these to the vault tracks. I feel like the vault tracks kind of opened my eyes to a lot of the songs that were originally on 1989. And it just follows a similar theme of say, don't go. Like all you had to do was stay. Like given that say, don't go is implying, tell me not to go. But he also left. They both left, you know, they both left the situation And I don't know, the back and forth nature of this song, too, is just so evident. Like, here you are now calling me up, but I don't know what to say. I've been picking up the pieces of the mess you made. When Brian and Taylor were talking, 
they ended up talking about the differences between his version of the song and her version of the song. And Taylor said to him, you know when actors say a line and they say a sentence, but they say it with a different emphasis on different words and they completely change it? That's what you did with my album. If you take a song like All You Had to Do Was Stay, my version of it was like, All You Had to Do Was Stay. Sorry about it. I don't miss you. And now you're back. But yours is like, All You Had to Do Was Stay. You broke my heart. And that's all you had to do. Pause from the article. And then Taylor's trying to say this narrative at this point of like, I don't miss you. I don't buy that she doesn't miss him once again. But it's giving writing clean and then writing style. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> like, no, girl, I think at the moment you meant that you broke my heart and all you had to do was like that this is how you get the girl. Come on. Anyway, mm-hmm. I put this as a green. I agree. Now we have the vault tracks to go over. Yay. We talked about the vault tracks at length in our 1989 review episode. So go to that for a little bit more tea. So we'll kind of quickly go through them. The first one and the most prevalent one is, is it over now? Which was written at some point in 2014. And is it over now is just, it's Harry Styles. There are so many reasons it's Harry Styles. Did you think I didn't see you? There were flashing lights and 300 takeout coffees later and there's a photo of him bringing a bunch of takeout coffees to her place. That's so specific. Search in every model's bed. How many fucking models did he date? A lot. That's your spoiler mm-hmm. alert. It's, this song is so, oh my God, blue dress on a boat. Red yeah, blue dress on a boat. A- that, that's it. <laughs> it's over. She sat in a blue dress on a boat in the Virgin Islands when they broke up. And Red blood, white snow, snowmobile accident, 20 stitches in the hospital room. And like, when she lay down on your couch, who could it be referring to? I don't know. He, you know, had a, had a fun phase when he was younger. When he unbuttoned my blouse, who? Who unbuttoned her blouse? I don't know. Does it even matter? She admits in an interview that we talked about last week that she's only dated, specifically dated, two people since 2010, Harry Styles and Connor Kennedy, in that Vanity Fair interview from 2013. So, I don't know, man. Who is she fucking? Given that story about Douglas, I mean, she's likely gone on dates or seen hooked up with people that most people don't know about that the majority of the public doesn't know about because it's her private life. If she doesn't care enough about someone to make a huge deal about it, she's not going to. Simple as that. Also, just as a quick note, before I forget about it, uh, Harry and Taylor were both pretty nervous when they were in front of interviewers, but Taylor had a lot more experience, so she was a lot more comfortable setting boundaries. Harry was asked in an interview how many people he had slept with, and he felt pressured to answer those questions as interviews went on, especially once he set the precedent that he would answer those questions. So he mm-hmm. would say, two, I've slept with two people, and then later, five, I've slept with five, whatever. Taylor doesn't divulge that sort of information, but I would guess if I had to, that they had had a sexual relationship, which was probably important for both of them, especially this early on in their lives. Yeah. Speaking of sexual relationships, the next song, is it over now as an established green? But is, or this next song I, I put as a green as well, which is Slut. Supposedly written sometime between 2013 and 2014, thanks to Swiftopedia. And it's just really clear to me because of the media edit that they were both getting at this time, him of being a man whore and hers of being a slut, that this was written with the inspiration of Harry Styles of being worth it. Especially with them being so back and forth during this time that she felt like since they were so back and forth that he would interrupt her wedding one day, like they were meant to be, they just not right now type vibe. And even if this song isn't necessarily like, this is worth it for once, I I can see it, her manifesting that it'll be worth it eventually. Because if they, if they stay together in the narrative in her head, then it's worth it to be called a slut. Everyone wants him. That was my crime. That's a big one. That line's a big one. And what is it? The wrong place at the right time. Mm-hmm. It was about being caught by paparazzi or by directioners or whatever but having the perfect moments just in the wrong light yeah our next screen is say don't go written in december of 2013 is what the speculation is feels pretty clear to me that this is about harry styles in my head just because of how we know that their breakup went down on the boat i say no how we can safely assume their breakup went down on the boat and i always imagined that their breakup for what it's worth was a version of her saying, well, then maybe we just shouldn't be together. And him being like, maybe we shouldn't. And that was a test. She didn't want him to say, go or say, okay, then maybe we shouldn't. She wanted him to be like, no, we shouldn't break up. 
I also firmly agree that this song is about Harry Styles and there's just like lyrical parallels here that are just just too good so in out of the woods she says your necklace hanging from my neck the night we couldn't quite forget when we decided to move the furniture so that we could dance baby like we stood a chance and she opens say don't go with i've known from the very start we're shot in the darkest dark like we never stood a chance i knew that it wasn't going to work uh one of my favorite lyrical parallels is with Wonderland, which is why I now firmly believe Wonderland is about Harry Styles. In Say Don't Go, she says, the waiting is a sadness fading into madness. And in Wonderland, in the end in Wonderland, we both went mad. Like it's the same theme of like this love drove us crazy, but I can't stop and you can't stop either. We're just, we're going to crash and burn and die. Our next green is Now That We Don't Talk, supposedly written at some point in 2013. And I really believe this one is about Harry Styles. Even though I've heard arguments for Jake Gyllenhaal, I think that it's more likely that it's about Harry Styles, particularly with the line, you grew your hair long, got new icons from the outside. It's like you're trying lives on. That's kind of what he was doing. He was figuring himself out at 18 and to 19. And that that's how I read that song is now that we don't talk, I'll never know all these things about you that I used to know everything about. And is it confirmed what kind of music Harry Styles listens to leisurely? Oh, are you talking about the acid rock line? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, as confirmed as confirmed can get. He's talked about his inspiration and songs that he likes, and we know that he likes acid rock. He yeah, likes he walks around wearing Pink Floyd shirts, but I know that that, that can just be like stylish <laughs> <laughs> no pun intended uh, no he definitely likes acid rock and he likes indie and folk and that was a big thing big inspiration we'll get into his stuff later but yeah i'm pretty sure that this is about him and then the mega yacht line or that i like to be on a mega yacht with important men who think important thoughts he left her on that boat and went to a business magnate's mega yacht so yeah i don't know you tell me guys but seems pretty obvious and i think the line too truth is i can't pretend it's platonic it's just ended i've seen that line be argued that it's about a friend or it's about um a female lover that like she had to like disguise as a friend but we know from her interviews about harry styles if you haven't listened to our timeline episode yet where what are you doing here go listen to last week's episode that she desperately tried to be friends and portray that she was just friends with Harry for years when they weren't really just friends. So that is a beefy 1989. And then we just have a few standouts as we move down her repertoire. The next album after 1989 was Reputation. And I hate to break it to y'all, I don't think any songs on Reputation are about Harry Styles. Yeah, I don't think so either. Olivia, you mentioned one in the Harry Styles episode, ready oh. for it, of people being like, the original Harry Styles episode, yeah, being like, well, he's younger than her exes, and that's maybe, you didn't say that, Olivia did not say that, she was quoting yes. people online saying that, and we both laughed, we're like, no, y'all. Joe so, Alwyn was younger than her exes, but he acts like such a man, so. <laughs> I guess a couple of reds that I didn't even put on this list because they didn't even feel worth it to me. There were a lot of people online who believed this. So It Goes and Dancing With Our Hands Tied were about Harry Styles. Oh, yeah. There are a lot of people who believe So It Goes is about Harry Styles. I don't personally buy it. I don't have a lot of evidence as to why. I just don't, I don't feel it in my gut. <laughs> Yeah, there are people saying all eyes on us make it seem like it's about Harry Styles because obviously, as we've talked about, there was a lot of media attention on their relationship. Getting caught up in the moment, lipstick on your face, and they got caught up at New Year's, people were arguing. Years to keep and years to lose. He had her, he lost her. But then we get the lyric, met you in a bar. Did she mean yeah, a bar? A bar. <laughs> Not Harry Styles. I'm so chill, but you make me jealous. And all the pieces fall right into place when they're together. Like, that's not like a motif for Harry, I don't feel like. No, I don't think so either. I understand people's belief that it could be because, you know, the sex was probably good. And that's definitely part of what the song is. I mean, as good to. as that can be, he was 18, 19. Yeah, but he was risked to the gods for no reason. Yeah, I don't know, though. I don't fully buy it. No, I don't buy it at all. This is firmly a red, but... 
people mentioned it, so we have to mention it. And same with Dancing yeah. with Our Hands Tied, because that song isn't just probably alluding to bondage, but also more likely alluding to a relationship that, you know, it's hard to keep up because there's deep fears that the world will divide us. That, uh, yeah, that's not about Harry Styles to me, even though uh, the, the world, world already divided them real yeah. quick. <laughs> that's why she developed this fear, y'all. <laughs> Again, Reputation, as we've talked about a bunch, isn't just this vengeful, bitter album that a lot of people see it as. It's primarily a love album, and it would be very weird to have a song about Harry Styles on this Joe Alwyn love album. I'm a firm believer that Reputation is things that were relevant in her life 2016 onward. That's why there's no Calvin Harris mention. <laughs> the next album we're talking about, sorry, Lover, we're skipping you because there's nothing on Lover that alludes to Harry yeah. Styles, <laughs> is Folklore. And this is a blue. And if you would have told me three years ago that this song may have been about Harry Styles, I would not have believed you. But now that I know what I know about our timeline, I can see it. And that's the one. Yeah, I feel like this song does kind of go with the narrative of what we know about her relationship with Harry Styles. Like, I persist and resist the temptation to ask you if one thing had been different, would everything be different today? It's also kind of giving, can I ask you a question? Also, the lyric, Roaring Twenties, Tossing Pennies in the Pool. The Roaring Twenties, you know, at this point, when Folklore came out, she was 30 years old. So she's looking back fondly on her 20s. And there are a lot of people who see this as like a crack in the glass between her and Joe Alwyn and like thinking about, well, if this ends, this is how I'll feel. And I don't think that that's totally out of line. I just think it's also equally in line that it could be about Harry Styles and looking back on that relationship that was really impactful for her, despite it only being serious for three months. I have a really impactful relationship from my past that was only like a thing for a handful of months, but it was a thing for years. I think that when people try to argue that, well, she only dated Harry Styles for three months, they're missing the bigger picture that they were on and off for several years. And whether they were talking for three years straight or not, that that takes a huge mental toll on you. I had a thing, a back and forth thing for six months in my early 20s that rocked my world. It was only six months. And I, I've had relationships of four years. I've been with my current boyfriend for over four years. Like that didn't make that six month situationship any less impactful for me at that time. Also, one of the last lines in the song, for digging up the grave another time. In my defense, I have none for digging, digging up the grave another time. And digging up, up the grave to me is like, going back in time and revisiting something that should not need to be revisited anymore, but it is. And after three months in the grave, all too well, could be Jake Gyllenhaal. I don't think it's about Jake Gyllenhaal, okay? It could be. Yeah. It could be. This is why it's a blue, because it's a maybe. I see it as most likely being written about Harry Styles, but I wouldn't stake money on it, you know? Yeah, or at least being like loosely based on her relationship with Harry Styles, because a big thing about folklore and Evermore that she tried to press was that it wasn't autobiographical anymore but even if in her brain the couple that this song is about is fictional it comes from some sort of personal influence and I have a hard time thinking that it was about Joe Alwyn granted that they were like in the middle of their relationship and she references digging up the grave another time they weren't in the grave <laughs> you know so I can see definitely her pulling inspiration here from her back and forth could have been at any given moment relationship with Harry Styles. It could have been about all of them. It could have been yeah. about her looking back on all of her relationships and being like, man, things would have been different if that's who I was with today. Yeah. Moving into Evermore, we've got a couple of blues for you. First of all is Gold Rush. And I wasn't on the Gold Rush train until doing some research last night of people making the argument about how people wanting Harry Styles the way that they did had so much impact negatively on their relationship. And I don't like a gold rush. I don't like anticipating my face in a red flush. I don't like that anyone would die to feel your touch. Everybody wants you and wonders what it would be like to love you. I just like sinking ships on waters. So inviting. I almost jump in. Loose lips sink ships all the damn time. Not this time. <laughs> Call you out on your contrarian shit. That seems like something 18-year-old Harry Styles would have been into. It's, 
entirely possible that it's not about Harry Styles. I'm going to be honest. Do I subscribe entirely? No. That's why I put this in a blue category. But if somebody told me it was, I'd be like, that makes sense because everybody wants you. I was like, does everybody want Joe Owen? I don't think that's the case. I thought that at the time too. But it makes sense if it's about somebody like Harry Styles. Or, like I said earlier, loosely based. All of her folklore Evermore stuff is a lot more difficult to pin because she makes it so much more whimsical, which is, I think, on purpose. The next one we have from Evermore is Coney Island. And while I don't think Coney Island as a whole is about Harry Styles, there's just a line that's just too sus not to mention. So that line is, and when I got into the accident, the sight that flashed before me was your face. And Taylor doesn't sing this line, but it's just too sus to ignore in a Taylor Swift song when every other accident that she refers to was the snowmobile accident between her and Harry Styles. Solid blue, I think. Like I said, I don't think the whole song is about him, though I don't know what the whole song is about because we haven't fully analyzed it yet, but I don't get Harry Styles vibes the whole way through. The next album is Midnight's, and it has a song on there that I feel is a green. I feel very, very sure I'd bet money that it's about Harry Styles, and that's Question. My biggest tip-off is the I remember in the very beginning. We were gagged. That's a sample from Out of the Woods. The most Harry Styles songs of all Harry Styles songs, in my opinion. And all of it, like, good girl, sad boy. She talks so much about wanting to be a good girl and perceived by the media as a good girl. And he's going through his acid rock, like, I'm cool, too cool for school in my boy band phase. Big city, maybe like New York. I don't remember who I was before you painted all my nights, a color I've searched for since. Huh, sounds like screaming color, maybe. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Did you ever have someone kiss you in a crowded room and every single one of your friends was making fun of you? Like, that really does sound like she and Harry having their relationship and the One Direction guys making fun of him. Did you leave her house in the middle of the night? Was she put up more of a fight? Guys, all of this, to me, feels so Harry Styles coded. I so agree. And uh, just, like, big city wrong choices, like him kissing the girl in Australia or wrong place at the right time. And down to things like, was she on your mind with some dickhead guy that you saw that night? Keep that in mind because I think there's some Harry Styles songs that are going to allude to a situation there. I don't know. Also, the meteor strike. Everything's second best after that meteor strike. And she feels like her relationship with Harry, from what we can deduce, has fundamentally changed her. It was a meteor strike for her. And And was everything second best? She's asking to him, you search in every model's bed for something greater, implying that he can't find something greater. Mm -hmm. And lastly, in a big one here, she wrote this with Jack Antonoff and Jack Antonoff and Harry Styles have collaborated before. So it's not like Jack Antonoff's totally out of the picture when it comes to the Halo relationship. I'm sure he's heard both sides. Yeah, I'm convinced that this is about Harry Styles, too. That's a green. But we've got a couple blues here. And one of them is Maroon. There's a lot of debate about who Maroon is about. Again, I feel... Very middle of the ground, very blue about this one, just because it there's nothing explicit enough about who it's about. But somebody pointed out Weinstein dress I can't wear anymore from Clean, and then the burgundy on my t-shirt when you splash your wine into me. It kind of gives the vibe of a back-and-forth relationship, too. When the silence came, we were shaking, blind, and hazy. How the hell did we lose sight of us again? How do we mess this up again? Kind of gives on and off relationship to me. Also, I want you guys to remember the lyric of you were standing hollow-eyed in the hallway. Because that ties to a Harry Styles lyric that we're going to talk about later. In New York, no shoes. We know how much of their relationship took place in New York. And I wake with your memory over me. That's a real fucking legacy to leave. If you count the situationship part of their relationship as part of the relationship, it's her longest relationship pre-Joe Alwyn. Calvin Harris was her longest official relationship, but when it started, it started. When it was done, it was done. And we cannot say the same for Harry Styles. I fully count situation portions of romantic involvements with people as part of the relationship personally. 
I think you're missing a lot of the bigger picture in anyone's feelings for somebody if you're disregarding the time spent pining after somebody, wishing it could work out with somebody, the on and off talking stage where like every time you're off, you can't truly move on because you're not truly off with the other person. I think it does not only in this situation between Taylor and Harry discussing this, a disservice, but if you apply that to any of your friends that you're trying to support through hard times, it does their feelings a disservice as well. I think it's important to include the overarching relationship, not just the official part of it. Agreed. So that feels like a, a blue to me. Yeah, same. The last one on Midnight's worth talking about is Hits Different. Interesting. I never thought about this one. It's about Harry Styles. I just kind of left it as a big old question mark in my brain. Yeah, I didn't think about it much either. I still don't know how I feel about it. That's why it feels like a blue to me. But I saw people argue on the internet about it being about Harry Styles because of the line in the bridge of have they come to take me away, to take me away, take me away, take me away, or just take me home. Like so much of getting taken by him somewhere. Of course, in this scenario, it's have they come to take me away, which I think she's talking about getting taken to like a mental asylum or something. We haven't haven't broken this song down, okay? But wow, wouldn't it make sense that this song, which feels so situationshipy, is about Harry Styles? You know what? This song does feel situationshipy, huh? Oh, it does. A lot of people love like is a lie. Argue... Shit, my friends say to get me by. A lot of people like to argue that this song is like a breakup song, like a and I'm like, no, y'all have not, y'all have not been where I have been, which is drunk in the club, being like, I don't even care if he texts me back. I don't even, I don't even care. I don't even care. Like, yeah, I slept over at his place last night, but I don't care if he texts me back. This song to me. Would have ruined me. Would have ruined sophomore year Danny, sophomore year of college Danny, if I heard this song, because it's so situationship coded. Yeah, I mean, the opening lines. I washed my hands of us at the club. She tried to dance to forget him, which is a secret. A secret, secret message, message on 1989 songs. Mm-hmm. You made a mess of me, which is, if no one's, at, okay, if you're listening and you've never been in a weird situationship, one, I envy you. It sucks awful you are turned into a fucking mess the whole time and you you could sit there and think I would never do any of that stuff like be crazy over uh somebody who clearly doesn't want me well you've never been in a situation my friend because you know just when you think that you're clean they text you that they miss you and then you're right back in it like uh so I can empathize with Taylor with this and I definitely see like, I pictured you with other girls in love and then threw up on the street. I saw one person try to argue in this thread. Actually, it's about Calvin Harris because of the line, each bar plays our song and this is what you came for would play everywhere. And she's like, this is the one song of her being sad about that breakup. And I'm like, no, I love where your head's at on the each bar plays our song. But that's it. This is not about Calvin Harris. It might not be about Harry Styles, but it feels very blue to me and even if it was about calvin harris when did she have time to feel sad about calvin harris exactly because there's joe alwyn overlap there i don't know i just don't see her throwing up and sobbing at a club over calvin harris when she's making out with tom hiddleston and making flirty eyes with joe alwyn and the sun burns my heart and the sand hurts my feelings I trace the evidence, make it make some sense why the wound is still bleeding. You are the one that I loved. Don't need another metaphor. It's simple enough. Wow. This is why they shouldn't kill off the main guy. Oh, my God. Dreams of your hair. And your stare and sense of belief. And the good in the world you once believed in me. I got that good girl faith. And then make it make some sense why the wound is still bleeding. And then in Say Don't Go, why do you have to twist the knife, walk away, and leave me bleeding, bleeding? Oh, that's a blue. It's possible. No one talks about it, but Hits Different could be about Harry's house. You know? You know? You know, I think I might be convinced. (laughs) Not convinced enough to say definitely about him, but I'm intrigued. I haven't heard this theory before. And now y'all have. Okay, so... 
Olivia and I decided literally mid-episode, I cut out the audio for obvious reasons, but this is beefy, you guys. There's so much yeah. back and forth, and we cannot do Harry Styles songs justice if we try to pack this all into one episode. Because with as much as we think she may have written about him, even speculation songs about Harry Styles, there is just as much from Harry's pen. Oh, yeah. If not more. His pen game's not quite as strong as hers, but he do be be writing. He do be (laughs) writing regardless. So I would ask what we're talking about next week, but that's what we're talking about next week. Yeah, it's just, it's hard when the two people involved like this are both songwriters and they had such a back and forth years long thing. And I think they both felt some really intense things for each other, which as creative songwriters, often those feelings come out on paper. And we know you guys like the Muse's content, so we want to do justice right by them and right by the songs. So Mm -hmm. lucky y'all, you get another Muse's offshoot next week where we talk about the songs where Taylor was the Muse. And just keep in mind, like, we kind of hit the surface on a lot of these songs. These songs will get their own deep dives eventually where we will break down everything. But if you think that there's something important that we missed... In regards to these songs, do let us know. We're always happy to hear from you. You can email us, tailoringpodcast at gmail.com. You can send us a DM on Instagram at tailoringpodcast. Follow us on TikTok also at tailoringpodcast. We are also on Twitter or X. I don't think I have it in me to ever truly call it X. At tailoring. You can visit our website, tailoringpodcast.com. As always, rate this podcast on Spotify, Apple, wherever you listen. And if you leave an Apple review, you could be featured on our website. What did you tell learn this week? I learned that people think that it's different about Harry Styles. I learned that I believe it. <laughs> <laughs> I learned a lot about Taylor Swift and Douglas Booth who I had not really heard of before. But the thought that Wildest Dreams could be about somebody other than like the front runners is crazy. Or none of them at all. Who knows? But I love Mm -hmm. the idea that our girlie was petty enough to go on a date just to get Harry's attention. And then have the gall to write. (laughs) At least I had the decency to keep my nights out of sight. Hey, she just went on a date with him. Uh And somehow it managed to be out of sight. She has a good publicist. Well, we will see you all next week to continue with the muses, but we're Taylor's the Muse. And for this week, my name is Danny. And I'm Olivia. See you next week. Make us all open up this week. What? <laughs> Maybe we should have done this last night. <laughs> oh, we're our lives. Okay, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can open us up.